Good morning and welcome to Money Talk Extra, Radio 3's weekly personal finance program for Hong Kong. I'm Peter Lewis. There's a lot to discuss in today's program. First up, we're going to talk about how to spot and protect yourself from scams, frauds and Ponzi schemes. There's a lot of them about, so it's an important topic. Jimmy Lamb looks at the emotional issue of raising a child with health issues and helps a Money Talk Extra listener deal with some of the financial challenges. In our investment segment, I'll chat with one of Hong Kong's most renowned local fund managers to get his thoughts on what makes a successful investor and the current investment environment. Please do get in contact if you have a financial difficulty or issue you would like our panel of experts to help you with. You can email moneytalk at rthk.hk. You'll also find us on Facebook. Our page there is Money Talk Extra on RTHK Radio 3. You'll find plenty of resources and we'll be able to download this program to listen to it again, if you so wish. As e-commerce grows, financial technology become more sophisticated and our online activity increases, consumers are more and more falling prey to online scams, frauds and Ponzi schemes. Earlier this month, Hong Kong police secured convictions in a case of shop scams, which involved the seller taking an online payment for advertised goods, but never actually sending the product. In another incident, a 23-year-old Hong Kong woman was cheated out of her parents' life savings in an online fraud. Unfortunately, occurrences of such incidents are increasing rapidly, and the fraudsters are getting more sophisticated. So what can we do to spot these types of scams, bogus websites and other types of frauds? And how can we protect ourselves? Joining me now is Michael Gaisley, Managing Director of Network Box Corporation. Good morning, Michael. Morning. So just how big is this problem of scams, online frauds and so on becoming in Hong Kong? Well, clearly it's huge. And reading the papers the last few days, um, the problem we have at Network Box is that we're very much at the technology end. But this isn't just about technology. It's about human nature and social engineering. There are plenty of scams that don't involve computers at all. It's just people on telephones. So can you give me some examples of some of the scams that are going on, some of the typical common ones? Well, um, I think the ones we're probably most familiar with as, as general members of the public are your Nigerian sort of you know, spam scams where they're, they're they're coming in and asking you, hey, you know, would you like to invest? Or I've got a a, a very important person who had millions of dollars that they want to uh, give to you. You know, can you give me your bank account details? Um, I think we're all familiar with those, but clearly um, it's it's not that simple. We're getting scams that are very targeted, um, phishing scams, or even what are now called whaling scams, where they're going after CEOs. And what's a phishing scam? Explain okay. what that is. Well, uh, phishing is, is spelt with a P uh, rather than an F. And the idea is that they are directly going after you or seemingly directly going after you and asking something very specific. Um, so it, it can, when I say they can appear to be going after you, a phishing scam may be something that appears to be coming from FedEx saying that you've got a delivery that just missed you. And if you, you know, call this number and give us the details and, and so on, um, you know, we, we will, uh, um, sort of re, you know, get our, get our guy rerouted to your That's house. Certain. If not, you've got to come back, you know, or, or he'll come back next week. So it, it panics you into acting in a way that you wouldn't 
And you normally, at the end of that, hand over some sort of personal information, yes. whether it be a password or, yes. or you know some personal details. The yeah. idea is to get some personal information out of you that ultimately is going to lead you to losing money. Yes, or, or getting you to click on a link. And after you click on that link, then a series of events happens where your, your computer gets compromised. Uh, and some, some of these emails look very... Um, very original and genuine. They look like they've come from a company that we know uh, very well. They seem to be quite personal in the way in which they're targeted at you. Um, how would you spot them? Well, I think that if you if you look at the general ones, as I say, um, the the element of surprise or shock to you is that you happen to be that fraction of a percent of people who really is standing by the door waiting for a FedEx delivery. You get this arrive and you think it must be real because you really are standing there waiting for that delivery. Mm. Um, if you actually read it a bit more carefully, you realise that it, it, it isn't specifically to you. But I think far more scary is the phishing attack which is targeted at you. So somebody has done a bit of um, social engineering around your company, gathered information about you specifically as the financial controller or the CEO, and they are trying to trick you or they're trying to pretend to be you to trick a member of your staff to do far worse things. Now, ultimately, for any of these scams to work, whether they're phishing scams, phone scams, a lottery scam, you know, which asks yes. you to pay some money first so that you can get your lottery winnings. Yes. At the end of the day, ultimately, you've got to hand over some money, haven't you? Or transfer some money to someone. So isn't the key... Or, or give your bank details and they'll yeah, transfer it for you. Which will do it for you. But yeah. ultimately, money is involved. Yes. So isn't the key here that whenever someone is asking you for money online or in an email, really you should be questioning, who is this person? Why am I handing over the money? Where is it going? Yes. And like I say, we're, we're seeing an incredible uptick in such attacks that are they are very clever. I mean, they're based on you, your company, who your accountant is, who your customers are. Um, we're getting to the point where these hackers or these confidence tricksters, they're spending some effort to research and get the information required. And once they have that information, they can make it so real that even someone that's you know pretty smart and switched on will fall for you know they will fall for it so let's give people some tips about how to look out for some of these things and some advice i suppose the first thing is that bank staff will never ever ever ask you for password details or account details by email or over the phone so i suppose the first thing is never hand them over is yes. it to anyone yeah i i think so and if somebody says to you some i i mean you really need to think and think carefully, right? So if somebody emails you, if they're smart, they might actually say, look, we are very aware that you might be concerned this is a scam. They might even have a whole load of blurb in the actual email trying to scam you, telling you to be careful of scams. And then it says, well, to be really safe, here are my credentials. Please ring up our bank on this number and check the credentials are real. So what sort of things can people do? Well, the first um, thing they can do is not ring that number, but actually mm. ring the number of their bank that they know is the number of their bank. So if you do fall victim to one of these scams and you've lost money, 
what can you do to try and recover it and what are your chances of actually getting your money back? Well, obviously you can report it to the authorities, but I think the chance of you getting your money back are incredibly slim because they're almost all – all the scams that I've seen uh, will involve uh, you know, seeing your money go overseas mm. and once it's overseas, there's not much can be done. So the other thing we should bear in mind then is, because we've seen a number of these scams in Hong Kong recently, officials like the police, they will never ask you to hand over money, will they? We've seen cases where people have been told, you know, someone's in trouble, you need to pay some sort of surety or bail. The police would never ask you to do that. No, but the type of scam that, you see, this is why it's such a wide spectrum of, you know, of a problem. Um, most of the scams that involve fake policemen or fake customs officials or bank officials are quite different to the ones that say, oh, I, I need some money, I'm abroad. I mean, the, the person asking you for money is usually your friend. Mm. And you, it, it can be something that doesn't involve hacking in, in the sense that, you know, someone has done something clever and, and got into somebody's account. I could just go to your Facebook account, download all of your photographs, open a new account pretending to be you and then contact somebody from that fake account and say, hey, you know, I'm desperate. I'm in Thailand right now and I just had a car accident. I need some money. And if they're a good friend of yours, they might be fooled. That was Michael Gaisley, Managing Director of Network Box.